On this international episode of View the Right Thing, Wes and Steve visit Mumbai, India, figuratively speaking, of course, where a mistakenly delivered lunchbox brings two different people together, one an unhappy housewife, the other a widower on the verge of retirement, as they connect to one another via notes exchanged in a lunchbox in 2013's The Lunchbox. And now it's time for View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to Yes, welcome. The first episode of 2017. Whoa. Of View, View the, right the Right Thing. thing. Hey, Steve. Hey, I, Steve. I played ball this time. This time. Do you know that? Hey, Steve. Hey, hey, Steve from you, uh, hey, Steve. from Homestar Runner. Yeah, what was the name of that like alternate dimension that Hey Steve was from or A Steve was from? Well, the show was Sweet Cup and Cakes. There it is. That's what it was. Um, yeah. How you doing? Well, I mean, I'm doing all right. And then I remember what's going on in the news and in the white house right now and i get yeah. depressed so i'm gonna stop talking about that now yeah we're not a politics podcast we're not it's true it's true but you know what i'm keeping hope alive baby uh how are you doing uh i'm doing all right yeah i, I uh i went to the east coast for christmas as you did i did it's true pennsylvania here how about you new york oh our neighbor to the north yeah i got sick I did too. Twelve so, hour stomach bug. What about so you? You always get these like short one day. Well, I make them things. short. Yeah, I force them to be short. I try, but man, I'm still just trying to. Got cough drop in my mouth. I apologize, listeners. Oh, I'll let you know if I hear it whacking around on your teeth. Yeah. So, uh, welcome. Yeah. To so, 2017's first episode of View the Right Thing. 2017 hasn't been too terrible so far. Can you believe that it's already 2017 though? Remember being a kid and just being like, man, I wonder if we'll even make it to the year 2000. Who knows? Uh, no, but, you know, I can and, get what you're saying. And now it's 17 years past yeah, the year 2000. Craziness. It is crazy. Um, I'm going to go to the woods. Yeah? Well, we we go to the woods after we talk about the first film, right? We'll do all of our, all the, all of the theatrical films. Although I think that movie maybe is not in theaters anymore. Wait, should we do theatrical first or, or our main movie first and then theatrical? In case we do spoilers for the theatrical films. Yeah. We usually like to leave it to the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. They don't want to hear. Later on, we're going to talk about fences. Fences. We'll talk a little bit about Rogue One. Build them high. Build them strong. They're fences. Yeah. As sung by Radiohead. Yeah, Radiohead sings it. Um, so we got Fences. We got uh, a little bit of Rogue One. And then um, I'll probably mention a movie, but we'll get to it there that Steve hasn't seen. And Ooh. then uh, Captain Fantastic. We, we, yes. we could talk about that before the lunchbox, I think, because that was on the plane when I was going to New York. So cool. I think it's I think it's, I think it came out in the summertime. Might be out of theaters already, is yeah, that I think what it's you're out saying? Of <clears throat> I bet it's still playing in some theaters right. in like Duluth. So, since it's gonna be an award thing, maybe we'll yeah. save it. Should we do an awards episode once we know the best picture? Oh gosh. Movies? Maybe we maybe we uh watch those movies and then come back and just just talk about what we think is gonna win and what we liked and what we didn't like. 
Oh, man. I'm terrible at picking the Oscars, man. Terrible at it. I, I do okay, usually. Like, I remember in, like, 1996 yeah. when I was like, Demolition Man's taking it all yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. Murder, death, kill. Yep. And uh, I regret to tell you, Demolition Man got snubbed. You know... It didn't get snubbed. You know what the key to to picking the Oscars is? What? You got to make two categories for two yourself. Two categories. Yeah, you vote for two movies. Oh. Guess how you do this. What I want to win. Right. And what I think is going to win. That's a that's a good way to do it. It's a good way to stay objective about it. Yeah. That's my tip to all you people out there that are going to do some sort of like contest. If you like to gamble the on the Oscars, yep. do it that way. Don't gamble, though. Gambling's dangerous. I'm going to date the episode. Oh, the yeah? Oscar nominations are going to be announced tomorrow morning. They are? Yes. Radical. So I'm going to date the episode. This is our first episode <laughs> under his glorious presidency, Trump. Sorry. I understand. A little bit of a vomit burp there. I understand. Um, Free Melania. Free Melania. Did you see the sign that said uh, Melania blinked twice if you need help? No, I did not see that. <laughs> Somebody held that up in front of the White House. Oh, uh, we don't. We're, yeah, yeah. Let's not get we're political. We're not going to get into it. I'm, I'm, People I'm can so... have their own political feelings, and you have your right to that. And we're not going to. We're not going to spend a bunch of time on that. Um, but we are going to spend a bunch of time talking about movies. Oh yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about trailers? We haven't talked about movie trailers yet. Let's talk about some trailers. I most recently <laughs> saw the trailer for Logan, the yeah. newest one. I haven't seen the new one. <laughs> yeah, That's all I, I'm going to say. I hear yeah, I hear a lot of people making that noise. That's all I'm going to say, man. It is a good trailer. Um that's I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. No-brainer. I mean, potentially Hugh Jackman's last Wolverine. I mean, are they going to bother replacing him? I don't think they should right away. I think well, they should just give it 10 years and then get somebody else to play Wolverine when we've all well forgotten. They've spent a lot of time in the comic books yeah, sort of explaining Hugh Jackman getting old. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they got old man Logan as, as Wolverine. Right. But there's another Wolverine who's female, so they could start over with a female. Very true. Um, I mean, they... Logania. Yeah. So, but I, I kind of think that he's not done playing Wolverine. Playing Wolverine. Wow. I think we will see him do it again, and um, I think Marvel has something big in store for us. I think Whoa. they've got a big announcement. I don't know if it's Wolverine related or not. Oh, I know what it is. You think it's Fantastic Four related? Uh, no. What do you think it is? They are finally, yes, finally, finally making a Midnight Sun movie. That is not the case. Wow, 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 Midnight Sun. Remember the theme from the TV show? Nope. Midnight Sun. Steve, do you want to know the, what I think is going to happen? What? I think we're going to see a Marvel slash Disney Fox collaboration whoa a la sony so you're thinking some x-men are gonna get involved with some avengers i don't i don't know well so that's the one thing hugh jackman keeps asking he says i'll I'll do wolverine some more if you let me be an avenger so he put that out there a while back so so there's always that possibility 
I just um, convulsed. The I think the more likely one is that Beast is going to get his own movie. No, it won't be any mutants. Ooh. It will be a foursome who are fantastic. The Defenders. Yes. Ha <laughs> No. Um, I think... The Sandlot kids. I think we're going to see Galactus, and I think we're going to see Silver Surfer soon in the Marvel Universe. Whoa. Um, it's hard to say. Wow. But, um, you know, there's an X-Men TV series. You know who... Out. Oh, yeah, Legion? Yeah. Did you know that uh, Fox's deal with Marvel does not include TV rights? No. So that begs the question... How did Fox all of a sudden get the TV rights to the X-Men? That's a fair question indeed. Perhaps a deal has been struck. Perhaps a deal indeed. Didn't there used to be a show quite a few years ago called like Mutant X that was... That wasn't X-Men related. Oh, I thought it was. Uh-huh. I think it was like it's like off-brand. Oh, see, I thought what was going on was they were trying to make it about just a bunch of mutants we'd never seen before. and will keep... check. Because I'm... I could have sworn it was like, yo, dudes, uh, you're calling your show Mutant X. You got to give Marvel Comics a taste. Um, anyway, you check for that. You know who kicked the Silver Surfer in the face once? Who's that? Midnight Sun. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Midnight Sun. And his sidekick, Kick Boy. I could have come up with a better name than Kick Boy. So this is Can I salute myself real quick? Chron- Chronicles the Adventures of a Group of Human Mutants, but doesn't say anything. Adam Kane um, doesn't say anything about any X-Men or... Huh. But this Legion is tied into the X-Men universe. Right. So... Can I give myself a pat on the back real fast? Uh, yes. We got through that whole Hugh Jackman discussion, and I didn't do my Australian accent I once. I know. I'm pretty excited about it. I feel good. I feel like you've grown since about 2016. The choice of you know how I have grown. Yeah, how's that? Uh, it's already late January. I haven't been to Disneyland once. I know it's a shame. And I, I haven't been to McDonald's once. Well, let's go to Disneyland and not McDonald's. Right. Okay. Well, we've settled that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, podcaster, podcast listeners. Viewsters. You guys are in for a treat because um, we're about to talk about the lunchbox. We haven't even finished trailers. Oh, I know, but I'm just letting them know if you haven't watched the lunchbox, you really should before you listen any further because it's delicious. I finally saw the second Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Yeah, the one with uh, Fox on the Run. Fox on the I, Run. I, I don't know. I was paying attention to the music. I was just paying attention to a little tiny Groot. Oh, yeah. I am Groot. Yeah, when he keeps trying to. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same. Trailer. Explain it to me. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. That's funny. That's, pretty, that's good stuff. It's a, It gets me laughing. Yeah. And then they kick out the jams with Fox on the Run. Okay. Which is a great song for a trailer. You know why? Why? Because it's not an 80s song being covered by a Lord wannabe. Okay. <laughs> need to calm down on I'm this. I'm pretty angry about music tonight, and we're yeah, going to get into that a yeah, little later. Yeah, he is. Um... Okay, so I finally saw that. Uh, I I really want to see this movie. I don't think it's going to be great, but I want to see this movie, um, uh, A Cure for Wellness. Oh, man. I haven't seen that trailer yet. People keep it's telling me I need, to, I need to look that up. It's Gore Verbinski and Dane oh. DeHaan's in it. Oh, yeah. And the trailer, I, I don't think the movie looks that all that interesting to me. I feel like we've seen it a million times. Okay. But uh, it looks, it's visually just 
gorgeous. Now, Absolutely is it, gorgeous. Is it true that it's a prequel to The Road to Wellville starring Anthony Hopkins? I don't think it is. It's very modern day. That would be pretty silly if it were. Yeah. They were going to say a prequel to Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Mm. Which is also... I can't prove that it's not. Oh, yeah. There's a new Pirates trailer out right now with uh, Javier Bardem. Yeah. Being scary for once. Um, What other trailers are floating around right now? We we saw um, there's a a space movie coming out with Ryan Reynolds and Idris Elba. There is? Yeah. It's called... I have not heard about Um, this at all. Looks kind of fun. Looks like an Aliens type film. Ryan Reynolds. We're talking the guy who's played Deadpool. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Yeah. And... Deadpool. And he's played the Green Lantern, and he's teaming up with Idris Elba, who was in an Aliens franchise movie, Prometheus, Yeah, and they're going to be fighting different aliens or something in space? Yeah, it's called That Life. sounds cool. Oh, really? It's called Life? That's the title? They're an international space crew discovers life on Mars. It has Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm in uh, love with it so far. Hiroyuki Sanada, who you've seen. Hiroyuki oh, Sanada. Maybe it's not Idris Elba. Well, now I seem oh. like a racist. The guy looks like Idris Elba in the, in the trailer. Um, No, you are not a racist. Because at the time when you said, I think Idris Elba's in it or whatever, you weren't looking at any picture of him at all. No, that's true. If you were looking straight at a picture of him and thought he was Idris Elba. He has this facial hair that Idris Elba, like facial hair and body size. What's his name? Arian Bakari. Cool. Um, and he's from London. Oh. So he had an accent. So I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't think all black British people are the same. Idris, if you're listening. Oh, man. That, I'm he's not just as surprised as you are. Uh, directed by Daniel Espinosa. Cool. Of Safe House. And Did I watch Safe, Safe House? House? Oh, that's the one with Reynolds and uh, Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. Child, oh, yeah. Child 44. I don't know that With one. Tom Hardy and oh, Gary Oldman. yeah. And Numi, whatever, Rapace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard anybody pronounce her name. Yeah, no, me neither. I've only ever read it. I read it. That's a website. All right, so anyways, this this life movie looks kind of kind of cool. Again, you've seen it before, but I could I could not? I could go for a better title. Yeah. I mean, I feel like life, there's a lot of stuff called life. There's a serial called life, a board game called life, at least show. two movies called life, a TV show called life. Yeah. Probably I, a dozen songs called life. Yeah. Okay. Let's shake it up a bit. Okay. Let's sprinkle some salt and pepper in the soup. You know, there was a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers trailer came yeah. out. Yeah. I have a friend who's really into that. Uh, I'm not so much. It was no. not my era. I I was I think I was just starting eighth grade when Power Rangers came out, so I really wanted to like it, but it was just like I'm just a little too old for this. It's very babyish, and I got some of the toys, and you know that was fun. But like, well, here's what's good about the Power Rangers movie: mm-hmm. people are crying about Ooh, it looks so bad and stupid. The show is stupid. It's bad and stupid. So the movie, if it's stupid. It's not. It's not really letting anybody down because was, the show was stupid. I thought Elizabeth Banks looks kind of cool. Like, oh, I think she looks nice awesome. I want it to be great, but what I'm saying is, the show isn't good. Yeah. It's just there's a monster. Let's fight it. It got bigger. 
let's get our big robots and fight it every time and that's okay it's got brian cranston in it he's never done a bad movie right and that's okay it's a kid's show you know it can be stupid yeah but i'm saying if you go if somebody goes to see the power rangers movie and walks out going that was stupid like you know uh you get what you pay for bro also bro like i love the gi joe movies from the last couple years why because i fully understand that gi joe the cartoon was totally bonkers and made for kids. And as an adult who looks at it now, like so much stuff happens that makes zero sense, but it's fun and entertaining. And that's exactly what the two GI Joe movies gave me. Mm-hmm. And so I love them for that. Mm-hmm. Could they have been better? Sure. Are they GI Joe movies? You bet they are, pal. You bet they are. Should we talk movie news? Uh, controversial movie news? Of course. Um, I guess we can't go see a dog's purpose now. Oh, because of that video? Have you watched that video? I have. Yeah, that dog did not want to go in the water. Well, here's what we know for sure. On the video that TMZ released, uh, we see, and I want to let you know, I watched Philip DeFranco's take on this thing, Mm. and I'm agreeing with him quite a bit. On the video, we see the trainer trying to convince the dog to go into the water. The dog doesn't want to go in. We hear... I'm assuming the guy holding the camera saying they're going to have to throw him in. That's not right. However, I've heard that the uh, Humane Society was on set. Um, The director was on set, even though when the video first came out, he looked at it and was like, I don't remember that. So I'll just say I wasn't there as far as I know. Uh, Then what happens in the video is he throws the dog in. No, he doesn't. It cuts. And we just see the dog in the water. No, no, no. I watched a video. You saw a video of him I saw throwing a video where they lowered the dog him in, in. And the dog is like clinging with the front arms. Yeah, and then he pulls him right back no, out. He pulls him out and then puts him back in and forces him in. And then there's another. I haven't seen that video. Then I seen. Then I saw the one I watched then cut to the dog doing the scene. And they're like, come to me, come to me. It's yeah. in the water. And then he starts sinking. And, and they're sinking. They're like, we got to get him. And that sucks a lot. Yes. Yeah. But basically what I'm saying is the only version of the video I've seen is incomplete. And I hope to God that dog is okay. Um, whoever had that footage has been sitting on it since 2015. So, like, what are they up to? You know what I mean? Yeah, they're waiting why, until the movie gets Why'd they wait till just now to bring it out? Were they I, trying to blackmail them and be like, yo, dudes, maybe. give me some cash or I'm going to leak this video. And then clearly that didn't I, work. I saw them push that dog in the water. You did? Yeah. After the show, I want to watch the exact okay. video you saw. I'll have it on uh, YouTube. Uh, here's why i'm not gonna go see a dog's purpose because i know it's gonna make me effing cry my eyes out i love dogs so much i know that dogs don't live as long as humans i got a dog leaning up against me right now i've lost so many dogs in my life to old age he's a he's a wonderful i'm just teasing he's good but i've lost so many dogs in my life to old age that it's like i don't need a movie reminding me that in my lifetime I'm gonna lose some more dogs. I wanna, I want, okay. I wanted to see it. Okay, but now I'm like, mm. so if I wind up seeing it, you're gonna hear a lot of this and a lot of that. Yeah, oh, that was. It's your song, mom, from the movie we watched. Yeah, where are we? So yeah, uh, a dog's purpose. Look, I really, I really hope that. Uh, you know, that it comes out that those guys were obeying all the rules and everything and that the dog is fine and all that. But yeah, the video is pretty hard to watch. The dog definitely doesn't want to go in at first. I have not seen a clip of the dog being pushed in, 
but I have seen a clip of the dog floating down the waterway and then sinking, and that's pretty alarming. Yeah. Um, okay. Pretty alarming. So there's our controversial movie news for the Controversial episode. movie news. Oh, I got. I just got more controversial movie news. What is it? The Midnight Sun movie just oh, got the God. red light. They're not going to make it ever. I'm going to ban you from Midnight Sun talk. <laughs> freedom of speech, Wes. Now more than ever, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Dwayne, cut that part out. Dude, Dwayne, don't do it, bro. <laughs> Dwayne's not going to cut it out. Should we... Dwayne, cut it out and then put it back in and then reverse it. Oh, my gosh. Why would you do this? You're being fake news right now, Wes. <laughs> That's going to be my new insult to and then, everybody. And then reverse it again. Like any from now on, anybody who says anything even mildly insulting, I'm just gonna be like, you know what? You're fake news. I thought we weren't gonna go there. <sighs> I'm having a hard time not going there. All right, uh, distract me then, bro. The lunchbox. I'm over here vamping. Yeah, the All lunchbox, right. a beautiful film. So let's 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 start with this. Viewsters made me very hungry. If you have not watched the lunchbox yet, what are you doing? I give you permission to put this on pause. Go watch it and come back. You'll enjoy it. Uh, I really like this movie yeah um i think it's uh i think it's well made i think it's well written i think it's sweet yeah um can i say this watch it with a date because you're gonna want to hug when that movie's over yeah, hug if you know what i mean Whoa! but yeah like when it ended i was like i kind of want to hug i would have given you a hug well i wanted a very specific hug from somebody who's specific not person. in the united states right you now say who it is? no is it was it uh Mimrat Kaur? Sure. Who played Ela in the film? I'll hug her as much as she wants. All right. I would also hug the dude from the film because he reminds me of my Uncle Martin. Irfan Khan. Sure. He's, he's been in stuff. He's been a lot of stuff. He was in The Namesake. He was in uh, Darjeeling Limited. He Life, was Life in of Pi, uh, Life of World. Pi. Oh, yeah, he was in Jurassic World. Slumdog Millionaire. And Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, he's uh, he was Norman Osborn's uh, lackey. In the Amazing Spider-Man, he was. Yeah, remember they get in the limo and then the lizard attacks. I, I'll be honest. I've I've let a lot of what happens in the Amazing Spider-Man just drift on out of my brain. Oh, I didn't hate it. Yeah, but uh, you know, I've found very little reason to go watch it yet again. You know, I've seen both of those Spider-Man. movies twice. Spider-Man, but it's fun. You know, if it drifts on out of my brain, then there it goes. So, um... Bye, Fireman. Man. So what's this, what's, what's this movie about, do you know? Wow, man. Uh, you know, you've heard of, a, of mistaken identity. Yes. This is a case of mistaken delivery. Nice. Thank you. Say lunch identity. I was thinking, well, I was trying to find something that could fit that sort of sounds like identity, but uh, I would have just been sounding stupid. This is a movie about a lovely young woman. I believe she's a mom. She is a mom. What city does she live in? What city do they live in? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, somewhere in India. That was coming up. She lives in a city in India, and uh, she. it starts off, she's making lunch for her husband and she's shouting to her upstairs neighbor auntie auntie what she she says every time she talks to her even though they've already been talking um because it's like a respect i guess so yeah like an elders thing i guess that makes sense auntie is sir almost like sir but it's like a term of endearment yeah rather than sir 
That, it's more informal. All right. I like that. So Auntie is advising her from the window above how to cook her husband's lunch just right to really drive him wild. Yeah, get the spices right. Get that boner going. So she makes the lunch up as quick as she can. A man comes and knocks on the door. She hands him the lunch in a very uh, festive. It's called a tiffin? Tiffin. It's sort of a, a cylindrical stack of little circular boxes. A tiffin. And the man takes it. Puts it on his bicycle, loads it onto a train, carries it however many miles down the train track, and then delivers it to a very specific desk, which is supposed to be her husband's desk at wherever the heck he works. Yeah, those guys are called Dabawalas. Dabawalas? Yeah. Remember in the Some Millionaire, the guy's a waiter at a cafe, and so they call him Chaiwala because he serves oh. like chai, serves drinks. I don't remember that part. And so these guys bring lunches. All right. But he delivers it to the wrong guy. Wrong building altogether. Wrong building altogether. They're in Mumbai, by the way. They're in the city of Mumbai. He delivers it to the wrong building and the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I like it when you tell the stories. I still have no idea how that system is supposed to work at all. But it's like a really intricate, like really famous. Right. The guy even says a couple times, he's like, we don't deliver wrong. Harvard came and did a study. The people from Harvard did a study. We don't make mistakes. How could that possibly be? How could they not make mistakes? There's so much chaos and in that. And they didn't make a mistake. Uh, well, they made one. No. In this didn't, movie. Didn't. That's the beauty of the movie. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah. They were making an opportunity stake. Yeah. But, well, fate fate intervened. Yeah. And it got to the right. Uh, sometimes the wrong Ooh. train will get you to the right station. There is. Do you remember that? that that's a pretty beautiful adage. That's, Does that count as an adage? That, yeah. That's uh that's something that's said uh, a few times in the film. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the wrong train will get you to the right station, and that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, I mean, they literally put the tiffin on a train, on a train, and deliver it to our our leading man's desk. Why can't I remember his character's name? Um, his character is um Sajan Fernandez. Remember, Sajan, like, you're like Fernandez. <laughs> yeah, Sajan Fernandez, and there's even they sing a song about him at one point. And it's a very lovely movie. So uh, he, you know, Sajan thinks he's gotten lunch from the restaurant that he's ordered his lunch service from. And poor Ela thinks that her lunch that she's working real hard on all morning is getting sent to her husband. And then when he comes home and isn't ready to rock and roll and poke the pole, she's like, what did I do wrong? He must be cheating on me if he's not getting revved up well, do you remember what, what by my sexy lunch. He lets her in on the idea that it was the right lunch. She figures it out. He says... Yeah, um, he says much, something... The cauliflower gives me gas or something. Something like that, oh, yeah. The cauliflower was very good, and then the second day she, he gets cauliflower again. Yeah. But that's because Sa- Sajan... Right, the restaurant he's ordering from is goes, somehow sending their lunch to Ela's yeah. husband. He goes He goes to the restaurant and says, uh, the food was... Is there a new cook? Yeah. The food was very good today. Do it again like that tomorrow yeah keep doing that and then he leaves and they're like it must have been the cauliflower oh yeah the cauliflower again tomorrow and then of course the husband is like the cauliflower gives me gas no more of that but she didn't make him cauliflower at all no. did she no nope, she did not so now Ela's like yo i my lunch that i made specifically to get my husband in the mood went to somebody else mm-hmm. so the next day she makes up the lunch and then she puts a note inside the tiffin saying, hey, dude, 
you ate my husband's lunch, bro. What gives? Yeah. And Sajan, I don't know if he even bothers to answer her back right away. I think he waits till the second time he gets a note and then starts writing back to her, right? Is that yeah. what happens? Um, Good old Sajan. I'm trying to Sajan or Sajan? I feel um, like they just kind of pronounce it Sajan. I'm trying to remember. He complains. He writes a note and complains. Yeah, he does. He's like, uh, this something was too yeah. spicy or something. And like so that. then, and so then she puts a ton of. I think he said it was bland. Oh, yeah. And so, or too salty, maybe. And so they were like, "Man, too salty is a is a chump critique, bro." So they should. Auntie suggests putting uh, some hot peppers in it. Um, so I just want to talk about real quick the husband and wife and the house that they live in. They live in this like really small house with their daughter. Yeah. Um, and uh, they kind of al- almost seems like they don't really live in the same house at all. Like yeah. The, the, hus- you- the husband comes home and she's like all dolled up and just kind of does his own thing. It doesn't really even. Yo, he's a fool, dude. Yeah. Homie's a fool. She's like the last time I wore this was on our honeymoon. <laughs> old daughter. What's her name? Old daughter, what's her name? Yeah, I don't remember her name. Oh, you mean their actual daughter who's not old at all, who's a yeah, child? Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, actor and actress, um, to yeah. get into the parts, actually um, lived in that house for weeks leading up to shooting this film. Wow. To get and, like, rehearsed that way. Wow. the role of, like, could you imagine, like, oh, hey, we're going to do this thing. We're both actors. We're going to live in this house together. Right. you go to live in the house together, and you just, like, are cold and distant to each other for several weeks. That's what a fair a point. painful, uh, painful way to, wow. to live. That's like how Sean and I live. I don't know. Poor Sean. Well, I mean, we're just, you know. I mean, he's not listening to this. We're cool dudes is all. Like, you know, we don't need to be, like, hugging each other all the time or even talking all that often. Oh, boy. Gosh, what happens next? Oh, we meet Sajan. Uh, Sajan is about to retire from his job. Yeah. Um, in what? Some kind of accounting thing. Yeah. So many stacks and stacks of paper all over that office. Yep. And uh, He's an auditor, I think. He works in the audit department, maybe. That sounds correct. And so we meet his new uh, replacement, really, that he's supposed to be training to mm-hmm. to take over his job. Yeah. Um, I keep wanting to say. Shake. Shake. That's his name. Shake, and he's a he's a sweetheart of a guy, and he keeps asking Sajan like, "Hey, uh, you're supposed to be training me. What time would you like me to come and get trained?" And Sajan's just like, "Oh, come back today at four forty-five." And then and then he ditches him. Yeah, Sajan ditches him, dude. So the thing about Shake is he's sort of like he's a little bit of a like happy go-getter but at the same time he I think Sajan thinks he's lazy. Like he looks up and sees him like talking to other co-workers yeah. joking around and stuff and doesn't think he's going to take it seriously anyways so he doesn't really invest in him this is true this is true but shake he's the right man for the job because he keeps coming back to sajin and being like hey you said we were supposed to train yesterday at this time you weren't there why yeah. don't we train in today and he's very tenacious he won't give up on trying to do his new job the right way yeah and boy, does that backfire in quite a few scenes. Yeah, they kind of they kind of bond a little bit. Um, there's actually a really interesting moment where uh, Sajan... I don't know how you say his name. Sajan. I think Sajan. it's Sajan. Because I remember when they were singing Sajan. the song, I remembered thinking, are they saying Sergeant? Sajan. So I feel like they kind of pronounce it Sajan. Um, so there's a... He writes to Ela. Oh, yeah. They've, they've begun this friendship. And he talks about 
lunch. I think he's grateful for her, for the lunch. That, yes. That because most men only eat two bananas for lunch yeah, every day. Yep. One or two bananas for lunch. Yeah. Um, it was after he got the spicy food. And oh, he yeah. was sort of showing his appreciation for what she had done. Um, spicy. And so he went and had bananas to get the taste out of his mouth. Right. Spicy taste. Um, and Which, then. Why would you, man? Keep that spicy taste in there, bro. <laughs> Shake comes in one day and sits across from him with his lunch. And his lunch is uh, an apple and a banana. And so um, Sajan begins to kind of warm up to him. And uh, and shares his food with him. Mm-hmm. Ela's delicious cooking yeah. for her husband. Yeah. And the, and that friendship's how he learns that 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 saying, right? He he takes the train with Shake. Shake um actually like goes out of his way to try to uh, bond with Sajan. Yes. Sajan. Um. And rides the train with him. There's a scene where they're both sitting down. And he's cutting. Oh yeah, he talks about how he he cuts all his vegetables on the train ride home so that he'll have it all ready to cook right when he gets home. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that's that's one of the train. Oh, Ooh, I hear something dinging around in here. Uh, so that's one of the the times they bond. The other time they're, I think they're both standing, and uh, and he tells them the the adage. Oh. Whoa! Something's going crazy over there. Can you hear me that remote right there? Do you think people can still hear us? Are we still recording? Is that still going on? Yeah, that's still going on. So hey, everybody. So we're in uh, we're in our view to view the right thing studio, and I'm not sure was that Siri was that that Alexa Cortana Cortana just told us the internet is not connecting right now. Yeah, that's weird because we didn't ask her to do anything. That was pretty trippy. If I address her, will she be like yes? Well, I turned off the I turned off the the sound system so cortana can you turn into kelly lebrock from weird science and take me to prom well it's enough the sound so you're not gonna oh she didn't answer yes, steve whoa um so uh Ela. Ela. Does some laundry. Delightful discovery. Oh no, man! What does she do? Does she discover a shirt that smells like another lady? Yep, and she realizes her husband is indeed cheating on her. That's very sad. Um, Ela's a foxy lady. Her husband's a fool. Yeah, she's clearly very excited to be married to this guy. She wants his bod. And he's acting like a like a silly fool. Yeah, she even sort of hints at trying to make another baby with him. Because, yeah, buddy. Uh, um, so John tells her sometimes that can help a marriage. By the way, folks, don't have a baby just to, because your marriage is falling apart. That's not usually a good idea. I'm going to go ahead and only agree with you two hundred percent on that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, so she tells. Um, she tells Sajan this, and uh, he, he worries about her. Yeah. And uh, he takes a taxi in to work one day. Oh, it's like, yeah. Is it like raining, maybe? <sighs> can't remember. I can't remember why he decides to take raining. a taxi. But the traffic's all backed up, and the oh, taxi driver... Oh, this scene. I forgot all about this scene. Yeah. Tells him, uh, well, it's backed up because this woman jumped to her death with her daughter. Her yeah, daughter, from that building daughter. right over there. And so he starts freaking out, thinking that, uh... What if it was this woman who's been sending me delicious lunch? Yeah, so... And notes about her lovelorn marriage. His awaiting lunch is very intense. 
And then they deliver the lunches and they don't drop one off at his desk. And he's like, <gasps> and then all of a sudden one appears at his desk. Yeah. So With a note in it that says, tricked you. No, that's not true. That's uh, not what her note says. She has no idea about the woman that jumped from the roof. Um, so he tells Ela that he's going to move. Oh, yeah. And uh, to what? Beton? Something like that? I can't remember like the that. name of the city. Uh, they're thinking I think of that might be where to. she wants to move. Oh, ah, okay. And then she talks about how uh, her daughter, she's thought about moving to, I think, Bhutan. Yeah. And her daughter says that um, their gross national product is is happiness, right? Oh. Is that what it was? That sounds correct. Yeah. Um, so she's like, maybe that would be a good place to live. And uh, she's like, maybe, maybe you could take me with you. Whoa. And he's like, what? And yeah. then she's like, hey, let's meet. And this apparently things get extra sad. Apparently he does decide to meet her. He, he must have agreed to meet her. Right. Um, so we see him get ready for work and he misses a couple hairs on his chin. He's shaving and he goes back to fix it. And uh, and then he get, gets on the train and some young guy's like, sir, take my seat. I calls him uncle. uncle. Oh, yeah. Uncle, take my seat. I'm getting off at the next stop. Right. I insist. Um, and then the saddest part of the movie happens. Yeah, what's that? Well, Hila shows up at the restaurant looking really nice. And she doesn't see Sajin anywhere. Yeah. Because they've never sent each other pictures. And so she's just like, I'm going to be here wearing this thing at this time. And she doesn't see Sajin anywhere. And she's very sad. And then... Sajin writes his new note. Well, wait, I think she sends him a completely empty Tiffin the next day, right? Yes, and he, he sends her a note back saying, so he, I deserve that. He sends her a note back. He says, I deserve that. And he's like, what happened was that morning I was in my bathroom and I smelled a smell I haven't smelled in a very long time. It smelled like my grandfather. And it occurred to me that I have become old. And that was just heartbreaking, yeah. man. He's basically saying, like, here I am. I didn't even realize it, but I'm about to retire. This dude called me uncle and gave me a seat on the bus, and I'm shaving gray hairs off my face, and my bathroom smells like my grandfather, and somehow, without even knowing it, I've become old, and I'm afraid to go meet this beautiful young woman that's interested in me. And then... He reveals that he was in the restaurant the whole time, yeah, and he could see her, and he just could not bring himself to go talk to her because she was young and beautiful, and he feels like he's just an old man. Yeah, uh, so there's a, there's a little bit of backstory um, that we, we kind of glossed over, but this is a good time to bring it up. So, uh, so John um, is a widower. Oh, yeah. He, uh, his, his wife died years ago, and... I think sort of the significance of him, like sort of realizing he's old and that she's young. Yeah. It's almost a, a moment of, um, I'm too old to fall in love again. For sure. Um, he's, yeah, he watches the family across the street, eat dinner every night while mm-hmm. he's alone smoking on his, uh, on his balcony. And, yeah. uh, and Poor yeah, re- resigning himself to being alone. Oh, yeah, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. Why do these things have to happen to our hearts? Yeah. 
<laughs> Please tell more of the story. So, what is Shake about to do? Shake is about to get married. Oh yeah, Maranisa. Maranisa. Uh, I don't know how you that say her correct. name, but that's how it's spelled in the subtitles. Maranisa. I'll, I'll allow it. Um, whose father doesn't approve of him because he's a, an orphan who's traveled around and worked in restaurants and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but when he when he was was told he was getting this promotion, right? Uh, the father agreed to give them a wedding present of a scooter. Oh yeah. Yeah, scooter. Not, don't have to ride that train anymore. No, sir, Bob. Um, there's a whole thing where Sajan decides, no, I'm not going to leave because he sort of has feelings for Ela. Right. He's thinking about keeping his job and therefore Shake won't get that promotion. And then he breaks sort of his own heart and Ela's heart and uh, with that letter and decides he's going to leave anyways. Yeah. And he does. He does retire. But doesn't he do Shake a big favor first? Uh, he does do Shake a big favor. Shake makes a huge mistake at work. That, that too. But I was talking about how Shake was basically talking to Sajan and he was like, um, you know, my my wife to be yeah. has this great big huge family and I don't have any family at all. Would you like come to my wedding and kind of be kind of my dad and my best man all at the same time? Yeah, be, be my witness. And Sajan does it for him and that was very beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's also a little sad because he leaves, you know, everybody's all happy and they got the scooter there and yeah. he gets in the cab and... And uh, Shake is like, you're really going? And he's like, yeah, I'm really going. Yeah. And that's the last time they see, they're going to see each other. And um, uh, he, uh, to me. I'm getting sad. Yeah, to me, it's sort of like he went and subject, subjected himself to this love and this family and the celebration of love. And, like, again, he's it's like a nail in the coffin for him. Yeah. So so he leaves. He goes, packs up his things, and goes to the, the town that uh, he's going to retire to. Um, Ela has it out with the um, Dabawala. Oh yeah, she's like, "Yo, like, you guys are messing up." And she's like, "Well, show me where you take it." You're definitely messing up, dudes. So she rides on the train. She takes her kid with her, doesn't she? Yeah, she takes the kid with her. She rides with the Wallas. And then she goes to the goes to the office, and finds Shake. Yeah. And Shake explains that he's gone. He's retired and moved away. Yeah. So what does she decide to do? Oh boy, what does she decide to she's, do? She's like, you know what? I'm packing up my stuff. Right. We're, we're gonna go to Bhutan. Oh yeah, she somehow gets one more note to Sajin, right? Um. I feel like she must. Because then we were all worried about that thing at the end. Or wait, no, no. Yeah, she decides, yeah, okay, I'm going away to Bhutan with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then... Sajin comes back. Sajin comes back and somehow, I forget what exactly he does, but he winds up getting on the trail back to her house. Yeah, so the day that she's going to leave, he decides he's going to go find her. Right. And tell her that he loves her. has been a fool he's been a silly fool and he needs to fall in love with beautiful Ela already you and Ela is gonna is gonna leave as soon as her daughter comes home from school so Sajin is basically racing on the train toward Ela's and as long as he gets there before her daughter's home from school I mean, maybe they can fall in love and he doesn't know that he, he doesn't even know there. that that's what's scary so he about may not it. make it so and then the movie ends and then the movie ends right there so what happens Steve 
I don't know, man. I think he makes it. That's my that's my decision. In my mind, he makes it. I hope he makes it. But then again, if he doesn't, Ela's still single, and I'm going to Bataan. All right, sounds good. But yeah, the movie ends before we ever find out if they're gonna actually yeah. meet each other and I um and see where it goes. I think it's a really beautiful story. Yeah, I think it's told with a lot of love. Um, there's uh this moment when the uncle uncle upstairs. Yeah, no, uh, the, her father. Right, her father dies. Right. Yeah, that's true. I forgot all about that. And she goes to talk <gasps> to her mother. Um, yeah, and uh, that's another that's another kind of heartbreaking scene. Walt can tell I'm sad, um, but there's some there's some really beautiful things in there. Like uh, she talks about how Auntie bought this fan for Uncle, and he just stares at it. He's in a coma. He's in a coma. Yeah, and he just stares at it. And one day the power went out, and his his heart failed. Whoa! And uh, and then the power came back on, and he he came back, and so she decided that it was the fan. The fan must be keeping him alive. And they they show the fan above, above Sajan at work, at, yeah. at the cafe cafeteria, and it's this sort of like this new relationship is the new thing that's kind of keeping him going. This new, yeah, this new light gives him new life. And I thought that was kind of a, a sweet sweet moment. Yeah. Um. So this this movie Agreed. is interesting. Um. For that this is this is how I was told about this film um, prior to seeing it that um, the you know when the Academy Awards happen countries can pick one film to submit to the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences oh cool and say this is our nominee for best picture will you consider it for best foreign film yeah and this film was a lock for India it was like hugely successful in India. It was rave reviews. Yeah. People loved the film. And um the 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 group that decided in India decided against submitting it. Whoa. Because they there was another movie they thought was very good but that wasn't getting very much love and it wasn't getting the attention. Do you remember thought, what it was called? I don't. Me either. I can look it up in a little bit, but um they uh, they wanted more people in India to go see this movie, so they thought, well, if it gets nominated for Academy Award, then it'll be a bigger deal, and blah, blah, blah. Wow. And, uh, and their movie didn't even get picked. Whoa. For the Academy. Um, and so it's kind of this travesty, because I think, I think this movie would have probably won Best Foreign Film. I think, I think it's one of the better foreign films I've seen in a long time. I really like it. It's a beautiful little movie, man. Yeah. Made me very hungry, too. Made me hungry, and it made me want to... Give you a hug, and all those delivery drivers, yeah, are all the real guys. They're the real. They sh- actually shot them. Dabawala getting their their orders and delivering them. That's wild. Yeah, it's really crazy. They they sing on the train. Yeah, um, and the kids sing on the train, and that, that happens a couple times in the film. And Desi pointed out really astutely that the kids sing on the train, and then right. it cuts to like Ela's house, and there's like music playing on a radio. Yeah. And it's, the kids always, are sing- it's the same song that the kids are singing. Right. So yeah. it's like Sajan and Eli are hearing the same song at the same time. Yeah. One's clearly a better studio version. The well, other one is a bunch of kids on a train. Well, it's like the idea that, like, even though we're apart, if we both look up at the same sky, we're seeing the same stars. Oh, Somewhere out there. Beneath the pale blue The dog sky. is looking at Steve. I'm singing Fievel to the dog. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so y- did you like the movie? I really did. I really did. It's very funny at times, mm-hmm. and it's definitely a very sweet little love story about two people that are never in the same shot or room, as far as we know. Well, well they're in the same room. They're in once. the same restaurant. But you're, that but you're right. I don't think they ever appear on camera together. Right, and they and they. Well, she never knows that they're in the same room. He does at one point, which is kind of creepy, Sajin. But uh, yeah, very beautiful movie. Very uh, creative story. And uh, damn, if it didn't make me hungry, bro. I'm well, glad we were eating food while we, we watched it. And we it. ate Indian food while we watched it. Uh, it was delicious. And some tandoori chicken and some chicken tikka masala. Mm-hmm. And some naan bread. And uh, Ooh, yeah. some basmati rice with saffron. Delicious. And some good. samosas. And some samosas. That's and, right. And what's the green stuff called that you dip samosas in? Oh, I don't know. Good off job, the, Off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so. It was delicious. It was good. Should we move on to fences? Yeah, so well, just one last thing, just to reiterate, if you listen to all that and, and still have not seen the movie, Go do yourself a favor it. and rent it or buy it. Hey. Oh, Walt is speaking up. He is angry that you haven't seen it. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to... I think somebody just crashed their bicycle into your building. Yeah, maybe. Let's move on to Fences. Fences, starring Denzel Washington, Viola Davis, and more. The yeah. guy from Bubba Gump Shrimp. What? Yeah, the guy who played uh, Denzel's brother was uh, Bubba Bubba Blue from uh, Forrest Gump. The guy that played Denzel's brother? Yeah. With the trumpet. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was Bubba. I didn't realize that. Well, he looked shorter in this movie. Okay. Fences, based on a play... Of uh, the so, same title, if I'm not mistaken. So, especially because it's in um, theaters, we're not going to get super heavy into yeah, it. Yeah, can we keep this brief? Because this may, movie makes me sad. So we we may say some spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything about fences, um, you know, feel free to skip ahead or you know whatever. We're going to talk about um, Captain Fantastic, and we're going to talk about Rogue One in a little bit too. Um, but this movie um, is based on a, a play by August Wilson. Um, and uh, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis were actually in the play. Cool. Um, and I think I think Denzel had done something like a hundred and fifty something performances of it. Wow. And so he was already like really close to it, so like really understood the material. So he felt that performing in it as well as directing it wouldn't be too much of a task because he knew the material so well. I heard he still had to compete for the part, though. Really. Yeah, he said he was like, um, just because I'm directing this thing and just because I've done all these performances doesn't mean there might not be somebody right out there. And you know who almost got it from him? Who's that? Jaden Smith. Shut up. Of course that's a joke. I like Jaden Smith. Jaden, I loved your work in The Get Down. Fences, starring and directed by Denzel Washington. It's his third film. His third direction? Third director, yeah, as a director. Wait, man, what were his other two? Why can't I remember this? Antoine Fisher. Oh, yeah. And God, uh, Antoine Fisher feels debaters. like forever ago. And the Great Debaters. Um, the, now, originally, uh, it was um, James Earl Jones and Mary Alice. Oh. In the in the um, Tony Award winning play. Cool. Um, the five um, adults in the film. Yeah. All were in the play together. Wow. They all reprised their roles. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I think this play 
they tried to make this before in like the late 80s or 90s. No. And one of the things um, that August Wilson said they had to do was it had to be um, an African-American director. Oh, he all right. That had to be an African-American director. All right. Um, uh, basically, you want to talk? You want to talk briefly about what the plot is? Can the, you do it without the movie makes me so too heavy uh, sad. It? Okay, um, so yeah, the movie it starts off. Uh, you got uh, uh, Denzel Washington as Troy with his best friend. Uh, what's his name? Mister Bobo? Mister Mister Bono? Bono? Like uh, you two? Mister Bono? They're uh, they're garbage men. They ride on the back of the truck, and every time the truck stops, they hop off. They grab the garbage cans and they dump the contents into the truck, and. Uh, uh, Troy is going on and on about how, you know, he's calling BS on the whole system here because he should be driving that truck. But instead, after all these years, he's still hanging onto the back of it and chucking in garbage. And he talks about how only white guys are driving the trucks. And this sort of sets up um, essentially the tone for the entire film. Yes. Um, I, I I was telling talking to Steve about this earlier. Um, the film, right from the get go, feels like like modern day Shakespeare. It's it's a it's a lot of dialogue, a whole lot of dialogue, um, a whole lot of monologue. I well, would say, and they start you in the middle of a conversation. You don't even know what they're talking about at first. That's and, very true. You know, like it's, when I when I watch something, uh, some Shakespeare thing, if I don't know it, yeah, already, if I don't know what it is, sometimes it takes me a minute to understand what they're. Like it's almost like hearing a foreign language, and oh. that's how I felt for the first scene of this film. Was like I felt like I was hearing a foreign language, and I had no idea what they were saying. Huh. And it started to click after a li- after a little bit. Um, part of it is like cadence and that sort of iambic pentameter that Shakespeare, most Shakespeare is, yeah, uh, plays are written um, in. Written he has in. to write it that way. Um, and and this almost like it's not iambic pentameter, but it's it's got its own cadence, kind of like that. It's got its own rhythm. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a lot of dialogue. So very much. Um, There's a lot of long stories, and most of them are very sad. Yeah. And it makes me sad when I watch and listen to the <laughs> stories. Um. But to just just loosely, so that that kind of sets the tone for the whole film. So there's sort of a battle with the trash company and this question about whether or not he's going to lose his job or not over right. sort of causing a kerfuffle. And on top of that, his wife, played by the lovely Oscar-winning Viola Davis, has been asking him to build this fence in the backyard. Yeah, which is a ta- which is a task he's sort of assigned to himself and his son. His son just wants to play football. Well, he wants to play football so he can get sent to college. Yeah, but he doesn't want to, you know. Yeah. He's like, I'll do my chores later, that kind of a thing. Um, Viola Davis does have an Oscar, right? For Doubt, right? For Doubt? Pretty sure she won for Doubt, didn't she? Uh, oh, man, I hope she won for something. You know what? If she hasn't won yet, shame on everybody, because she certainly deserved one well, by she's now. she's really fantastic in this. Yeah, but for sure. Did she win for the help? I'm pretty sure it was Doubt. I know for a fact she's in Doubt. I don't know if she's, she's in, in the a, help. Uh, nominated for two Oscars. Dang it, Oscar. Has not won. She was nominated for Doubt, and she was nominated for the help. Wow. I um, thought for sure she won for Doubt. She's fantastic on um, How to Get Away with Murder. but I'll, Yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah, she's been nominated multiple times for that, too. Um, Booyah. She won the Golden Globe. Um, there's a little bit of a controversy with that. Oh. So 
she campaigned herself as a supporting actress because she thought she had a better chance at winning. Oh. She didn't have to go up against because best actress, best actor this year as well, but but best actress especially is a tight, tight race. Right. There's so many great performances by women this year, and I think she didn't think she could beat out some of the other women. Wow. Um, so she lobbied for supporting role. I get it. Yeah. Um, I also get why people are upset, you know. I mean, if she's the female lead. Yeah, if you're... if you're, She might be the only woman in the movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, if you're a supporting actor or actress and you could get nominated uh, and you got to go up against somebody who had a lead, who had a lot of screen time and had a lot of, like, meaty dialogue. Sure. Um, it's kind of not fair. Sure. I mean, it, and it sort of overshadows the people. I mean, there's a whole reason that it's we give an award for supporting. You know who got boxed out? Who's that? Marissa Tomei in uh, Captain America Civil War. <laughs> you just can't be boxed out, bro. They uh, boxed out Tomei. So, um, but it's okay. She's got an Oscar. She's fine. And yeah. she's fine. Okay. Um, Tomei. So, so he's got to build this fence with the son. He's at odds with the kid over the football thing. Um, he basically gets the kid kicked off the team. Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's just, I, I'm trying to, like, kind of gloss over a lot of things. Basically, there's a lot of animosity between the son and him. Right. Um, he has another son. A much older son. From a previous marriage. Yeah. Is it uh, even a marriage? Um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I forget exactly what they said. Whether I mean, he, was he went married to, or he not. went to prison by trying for trying to provide for his wife and kid. Oh, that's true. Or, right. Um, so he wasn't around for the kids like most of the kids' life. And the kid right. was a musician, and um, it's always he's always harassing the kid about. I only see you when you want money. Yeah, you only come around on Friday, which is payday. And so there's a lot of animosity with him, and then he's got this friend. Who tries to kind of steer him on the right path. Like, I saw you talking to that woman. Don't talk to the woman. Yeah. And he, besides that, he constantly puts his friend in between himself and other people that he has animosity with. So oh, if yeah. he's fighting with his wife, he puts Bono in the middle of it. If he's fighting with his son, he puts Bono in the middle of it. That's true, huh? Tell him, Bono. That's, yeah. that's a lot of that. Um, and what's what Denzel Washington does that's like blew my mind is this movie is a series of three person conversations even if there's yeah. multiple people when somebody else if a fourth person joins somebody else goes away altogether so like there's a scene um outside in the backyard a lot of scenes so it's like a, because it's based on a play there's only a few locations yeah it's pretty much all just in and around and right outside of uh troy maxton's house yeah for the most part maxton um, or maxon i think it's just maxon don't know if that my head but uh, we'll so, out, so there's a scene right. with Bono, his grown son, and him, and uh, they have they're having a conversation, a very wistful conversation, and he tells him the story um, about and, the time he fought death. Is that when he tells that story? Uh, no, that was earlier in the. That's like oh, okay. one of the first scenes when he fought death. Oh right, that's when they first start drinking that gin, baby. Yeah. Um, Having some weekend gin. And so they position the three of them kind of side by side, but they're kind of like almost a little bit of a triangle. Yeah. Kind of looking at each other. And you get in all three of them. And as it becomes Denzel's show, you know, the camera moves in on him real slow. Um, and when it's the three of them, it's the three of them. When Viola Davis comes out to talk and she takes a part in the scene. Um, the camera cuts one of the men off and doesn't turn towards him anymore. Yeah. So only takes Denzel, 
Bono and her in. Mm. You see his shoulder because it's an over-the-shoulder shot of um, the Viola Davis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but and you hear him, but they don't cut to his, they don't cut to a shot of him when he speaks. Wow. Um, so See, you have an eye for that stuff. I never noticed that sort of stuff. They do. They do a lot of that in the film. Um, even even the very very first conversation they're having on the back of the truck. It's still three people. There's a, they cut to the guy inside the truck. Oh yeah. You know, it's always sort of a conversation. Even even if they're not always involved in the conversation, it seems like it's kind of always framed as this triangle. And like I said, there's always sort of him, some sort of animosity, and somebody who's caught in the middle. Whether it's a driver who has to listen to all this stuff or Bono who gets thrown into it. Yeah. Um, there's just always something. And, and it comes up again later. Uh, so this will be a little bit of a spoiler. Um, he's had an affair. Oh, boy. And the woman's pregnant. Getting real sexy. She has the baby. Oh. But dies sexy. in oh, childbirth. Dang. And he goes and gets the baby and brings it home. And he basically tells his wife that I need your help raising this child. So once again, we've got this th- this triangle again. These three people: yeah. this man, this innocent, two innocent women, really. Um, and he puts this baby in between them. She's furious at him. She hasn't been speaking yeah. to him for months. And he takes this baby and puts it in between them to create this buffer. Yeah. And um, again, just this this series of threes, and and then of course at the very end we get to see. The son come home, the mother and the daughter again, a, a, a set of three. Right. Um, now, two other men join that that scene as well, but um, but it's really about those three. Hmm. Um, Fences. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting film. It's it's really heavy. It's to me not something I relate with. Hmm. I could see this being a really profound film for someone who relates to the story. Yeah. Um. But because I don't relate to it, and you, you tell me how you feel, um, it for me it just becomes purely about performance because I don't find the story that compelling. It's not that interesting to me. It's really, really heavy, um, and it's such a bummer to watch. It's so sad. There's so much sadness in it. Yeah, everybody's just so sad, and everybody feels so stuck all the time. Yeah, they they all really do feel stuck. He talks about that actually in the film. Mm-hmm. I've been stuck standing still, and she's like, "I've been here with you." Yeah. It's not just about you. Right. Should that scene, Viola Davis, I mean, that's the scene that she should be nominated for. I mean, it's just just heart-wrenching and beautiful and fierce. Yeah. She's, she she's truly knows how to deliver dialogue, you know, when she needs to let go, she does. Yeah. I hope she gets that Oscar, man. Then again, she just won the Golden Globe, so I don't know. Is it is it fair to win two in one season? I don't know. <laughs> Well, the question is: Is she, do we did she get a supporting actress Oscar or a best actress Oscar? And if you say best actress, then they say like, okay, well, is she better than Emma Stone? Is she, you know, hmm. what's the what's the is she what's better the, than Meryl Streep? What's the cap on nominees these days? Is still just five 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 for those individual awards? Yeah, um, the best picture can go up to ten. Right, but it doesn't have to be. It could be six. Right, it could be five. Um, I don't know if there has to be a minimum number, if it has to be at least five. Yeah. Um, but the rule for Best Picture, and this is something to keep in mind when, like last year, there was a big hubbub about um, Best Picture and um, people of color mm. in the films and, and directing films. Um, oh, right. The and, uh, hashtag Oscar so white thing. Yeah. 
um, that the Oscars are the way the best picture works is it's a percentage of the vote. So in Ooh. order in order to be a best picture nominee, you have to get X percentage of the vote. So if um, ten films mm-hmm. get picked, um, I can't remember. Well, I can look it up here so I can say tell you. Let's just say it's seventy five percent. All if right. Ten films get seventy five percent of the vote, then then they get in. Yeah. And people can vote for multiple things. Wow. Um, if only you know. Six films, yeah, seventy five percent. Only six films are going to be nominated. Wow! So it it, it can vary, and that's an, actually an old rule. It goes back to the original days of the Academy Award. Well, not the very first Academy Awards. Sure, but, um, the early years of the Academy Awards. They they had ten. Um, so you know it's going to suck. What's that? This Oscar season. What's that? The damn in memoriam reel. Oh, that and the speeches. that thing's going to be ninety minutes long. Yeah, I, th- I think we get a lot of like um, a lot of political yeah. talk. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm totally okay with that, man. I'm not because for a couple of reasons. One, like if it's short and sweet, fine. But like it, the Oscars is not your personal soapbox, really. I, I get that when you have the opportunity, like hey, I'm in front of everyone. I have the opportunity and I have a responsibility to do this. But they're gonna play you off. And you're gonna be your your whole thing is gonna be undercut. So like, yeah, that's time true. and place, man. Time and place. Like, I you, see you, what you're saying. You win an Academy Award it earns you a lot of like goodwill to talk about things in other places too. Yeah, so, I'm gonna get up there and I'm gonna say Tin Cup was robbed. Yeah, and I am still here saying it now. I gotta sneeze real bad. Well, I, I think. Talking. Yeah, I think uh, you know. Like I said, I don't mind it if you keep it short and sweet. But if you're gonna go on and on about it, you're gonna you're just gonna get drowned out. So let me look up. Um, the best picture. <laughs> Let's see. I tried to hold it back. I tried to hold that sneeze back, Wes, and it didn't work. Yeah. Oh, I'm boy. S- I'm sorry, buddy. When I win my Oscar, when I win my Oscar, I'm going to be like, Wes needs to be jailed for his opinions oh, no. on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Needs to be jailed oh, for what he said about uh over the edge when we watched over the edge i'm just messing with you i didn't say anything bad about over the edge i know you liked it a lot i remember you saying like this might be the best movie about teenage rebellion i've ever seen i don't think i said that but you know um, name a name a better movie about teenage rebellion that sneeze just shook my whole head um, to pieces the breakfast club that's not really about rebellion absolutely it's about rebellion it's about about rebelling against all the social norms to decide like who you are. Yeah, yes and no. And the and the vehicle for that is teenage rebellion. I think it's that's more why they're in the bre- that's why they're the breakfast club. I think it's more about discovering yourself. They're not like full on rebelling though. No, well they did. They don't lock all the parents in the school and set the place on fire. Well, it depends on your definition I suppose of teenage rebellion. Most teenage rebellion is like staying out too late. Or dating the boy that your parents forbid you to date every weekend. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot of different. I think my opinion is that um, the Breakfast Club is probably one of the best teenage rebellion films. Interesting. Interesting. I'd have you know, to go over the edge with. Might, you know what? I would maybe classify that as a teenage revolution. Oh, there you go. That's a good way to look at it. That might be the best teenage revolution film. I don't know. But yeah, the only other one I can think of is uh, Pump Up the Volume, which I think has a lot of the same uh 
creative team behind it. I forget, but I remember watching Pump Up the Volume a few years after seeing Over the Edge for the first time and thinking, wow, uh, a lot of the people that were in Over the Edge are in Pump Up the Volume of all things. Hey, anyway. I'm still trying to find this percentage. Should we get to Captain Fantastic? Yeah, and then we'll do then we'll do some Rogue One. Oh yeah. Captain Fantastic. I don't know. I uh I feel like it starts real strong. And then that that bit with that song drove me up the flipping wall, my friend. That's that might be all I say about it. What that what? <laughs> That's all you're going to say about this movie? <laughs> I just I feel like that song kind of ruined it for me. I'm okay, so, so miffed about it. So Captain Fantastic is... Um, it's got Viggo Mortensen yep. playing a single dad, raising, what, uh, six or seven kids? Uh, yeah, I think there were six of them, maybe. And he's raising them out in the wilderness somewhere to basically be uh, very efficient hunters, as well as uh, very uh, knowledgeable human beings. It shows him... Uh, I mean, the movie starts with a deer being stalked through the forest and then then killed with a knife. And then the whole family comes out of the woodwork, quite literally. They, (laughs) uh, they, uh, they celebrate the fact that this kid just got his deer. They dress the deer, what have you, carry it back to their home. Then they're all reading from different books that the dad has assigned them, including, uh, what was the one? Middlemarch and, uh, guns, germs, and steel. And uh, the dad's Dostoevsky. like, somebody's reading Dostoevsky. Right. And the dad's telling him like, where are you in that book? You know, you're going to have a test about it in eight days. Blah, blah, blah. Well, then tragedy strikes this family of, uh, of, uh, what did they consider themselves? A Buddhist, uh, well, the mom was a Buddhist. Yeah. The mom was a Buddhist, but she says they're basically living what Plato's, uh, what they call it? Oh, yeah, gosh. Exactly. I've pushed so much of it from my brain because of that song moment. Well, so let's just let's, let's be a little bit like the fences. Let's be a little more loose with it. It starts off so great. I enjoyed this movie so thoroughly 90% of the way. Yeah, I mean, I did too. I'm conflicted about it, um, but I, I liked the movie. Um, I didn't need to see Viggo Mortensen's Wang ever again in my you life. You get a really long shot of Viggo Mortensen's Wang, that's for sure. Um, so there's some, like really fun things that he does with the kids yeah um uh what's his name uh frank langella george mckay is in this so if you see the older brother he is the older brother the oldest of the the kids if you saw um 11 he was bill turcote in that cool um i don't know what else i'm trying to see what else he's been in uh our lights are dimming oh yeah he's been in a bunch of bunch of things um but not a, not a ton. Defiance. He was in Defiance. Defiance with with, uh, uh, with with Daniel Craig. Yeah, with Daniel Craig. I remember watching that. I don't remember many children in it. Yeah, he would have been young. The lights are really dimming. Yeah, we're He's, getting. He played. He played a lot like, younger than he is. I think in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, and there they go. No, I'm fixing it. And we're back. So, uh, so anyways, they they find out that the mom has has died she's committed suicide suicide and the, suicide the kind of doesn't um sugarcoat anything he nothing just, very honest very straightforward um and uh the kids essentially convince him that they should go and well he's threatened he's threatened by his uh father-in-law the guy says they, he's yeah. like hey if you show up to this funeral i'm gonna have you arrested and the police are gonna take those kids away from you 
And he's basically saying, like, I can't stand you. You ruined my daughter. Don't show up. And uh, Mortensen's character is like, your daughter was a Buddhist. I've got her will and testament right here. It says she wants to be cremated. Your dumbass is going to have her buried in a in a cemetery for who knows how long with a big, uh, you know, Christian funeral that she doesn't want. And But the guy threatens him with arrest, so he's like, kids, we can't go to the funeral. Sorry, kids. So the kids convince him. They go on this sort of journey, I guess. I don't want to say cross-country journey. They go north to south. What would you call um, that? A, uh, I mean, coastal. They go down down the coast. They go on a coastal journey to yeah, I guess that works. Arizona, I think, or New Mexico, and um, to try and sort of stop this thing and and let everyone know uh, what she really wanted. Right. And the kids um, are sort of getting their first real experience outside of the woods. Yeah. Um, they they implied that they moved to a farm when the oldest kid was eight. Right. And then they moved into the woods shortly after that. So yeah. he doesn't even have that much memory of, uh, I think, the real world. They probably sheltered him from the real world even before that. So um, so they get kind of their first real glimpse of... of yeah. Like they go, they go and hunting and they stalk some sheep. But the sheep are like domestic sheep. They're like somebody's sheep. Yeah, they're on somebody's yard, somebody's grazing land. Yeah, so they can't like the the kids like don't want to kill the sheep because they're not moving. They're not they're not prey. Right. Um, they're not game. So they like perform a, a ruse, a mission, as they call it. Right. Um, Operation Free the Food. Free the food. That was pretty funny. Uh, Dad goes into a grocery store. Well, not, not, I, oh, okay. I, I just don't want to like go. You know, they free some food. It's a great scene. I, I'd hate to, you know, I, I'm trying to encourage people to keep listening. All right. But, uh, um, and yeah, uh, just go ahead and watch Captain Fantastic yeah, and just understand it, that at the end, there's going to be a musical moment that ruined it for me. And <laughs> I hope it won't ruin it for you. Uh, George McKay's character, Bo encounters some women at, at various times oh yeah missy pile as the mom Missy Pyle's there and the girl that played hope hope schlotman on uh alias yeah i think Jessica she was Jones. also one of the daughters on true detective season one uh, and if i'm not mistaken i think she was also mel gibson's daughter in the blood father okay i think that was the same girl um so so they they learn a lot about themselves and sort of how the world works and um, I think they some to some extent even uh, not not totally question um, what it is they've learned, but put the things they've learned into practical use. Yeah, like they they become objective to the world because they actually see the world for the first time. Right. Um. Uh. The Don't Han forget, and Zahn. Han and Zahn, baby. That's what I was just about to Catherine say. Catherine Han and, and Steve Zahn. Catherine Han and Steve Zahn play a married couple. Now, was she the dead wife's sister i don't think so or was zon the dead wife's brother i think he was her brother okay see i feel like she had a much stronger reaction to she did there the reason why i think so is because the the mom had a fight with steve zon and and he called her like a fucking bitch right i feel like that's the kind of thing you maybe would do with your sibling but probably not with your in-laws like you probably don't I, i wouldn't call my in-laws uh, a name like that, but I like my to brother think and I, that I wouldn't, but I have no in-laws. My brother and I have definitely hurled some uh, sure. epithets at each other, but All I right. wouldn't do that to any of my like brothers or sisters-in-law. 
All right, um, so we're guessing that Zahn is the brother yeah. of the dead wife. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. That's the feeling I got, at least. Um, All right. But you're right, she does seem like she has a little bit more of a central role in the family in that they focus a little more on Catherine Hahn. Yeah. And she does seem to have a bigger reaction, so I don't know for sure. I don't know either. I can look on IMDb see if they give a last name. Yeah, maybe they got last names. Um, But yeah, Captain Fantastic. Even uh, if he was... Oh, yeah, true. Although she had a different last name, that might tell us... Maybe. Oh, boy. She was a sister-in-law. We might never crack the code. Yeah, let's not worry about it. So, um, viewsters can tell us. They can tweet at us at VTRT Movies. Tweet at VTRT Movies if you know which one of the Han and Zahn married couple was the sibling to Leslie. To Leslie, the wife from Captain Fantastic. Um, so, you know, there's this confrontation with the grandparents and what should happen to the body and what should happen to the grandchildren. And, right. Grandpa wants to have um, the kids all just move in with them and, and send, send uh, Ben off to jail, the dad. And it all leads to a shocking realization for ben yeah but i think we can kind of and there the movie ends with a song that steve hates you can talk about no the no, song no, no, no 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 i don't hate the song i hate the fact that the song is 30 years old mm-hmm. it has never gone away yeah. ever it's always always well, always you can talk about what song it is i don't think that's a big right. spoiler there's a scene at the end where they have a great big family sing-along to sweet child of mine by guns and roses because it was the mom's favorite song all of a sudden, out of the blue, the one kid just goes, this is your song, Mom. Now, here's the thing. This is your favorite song, Mom. Does he say favorite he song? Says, this is your, this is I your mean, favorite song, if somebody Mom. said, this is your song, Steve, I would assume that they're saying it's my favorite song. I just want to specify that we definitively know that this is her favorite song. And what we're talking about here is, A, there's been no mention of it any at any other point in the movie. Correct. B, this lady is a hippie. Buddhist, (laughs) who has chosen to live out in the wilderness with her family, away from electricity and everything, electricity and everything, and you're telling me her favorite song is from the album Appetite for Destruction? Like, really, dude? On top of that, the, the, the girl who does the lead vocals when they sing it at the big family thing. She's fine. She's she could she could probably sing a lot better than that. But she does this whole like hip, uh, you know, like really stifled, crackly kinda thing. Emo. Yeah, kind of emoish thing. And it's just like no, like you you don't need to sing a song like that just because it's cool right now. You know, there's nothing like there's nothing in that sort of singing that's like real. Like it's very it's very manufactured. I get it. It's very hip in the music scene nowadays. But like, unless you've smoked so many cigarettes that that's the most you can get your voice to do, anybody is a better singer than that. So it just drove me crazy. And I, as, as soon as she was five words in and I realized it was Sweet Child of Mine, I was like, y- any other song in the world and I would be enjoying this, but this might be ruining it for me because this song has been everywhere all the time for 30 years. For the record, I didn't have a problem with it, but I understand why Steve does. It's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. They do it in Step Brothers. They had a big sing-along to it in Step Brothers, and that was already eight years ago. It's been in yogurt commercials. It's been in, like, diaper commercials, dude. I mean, it's on the radio all the time, and it's a totally awesome song. 
it's GNR. It was their first like super huge hit single. It's a it's an awesome song, but like give it a rest. They could have sung anything else. Yeah. They could have sung some Carol King. They could have sung ABBA. They could have sung uh, I don't know Olivia Newton John. They could have sung Charlie Simon yeah. or something. And and I think it's sort of indicative of the film itself. Like I think I enjoyed watching the film, but especially afterwards having you know we we went and walked the dog and talked and yeah. about it and stuff and and. Um, I became very conflicted about the film um, after having watched it because I enjoyed it while it was happening. But then like that, what you're talking about, I think, like I said, is indicative of the the whole movie. It's like it's somebody was like, oh, this is a cool idea. Right. Not this makes sense for the story. And the movie is full of that. Full Um, of that. It's kind of like having. So there's a scene where um, he uh, Viggo Mortensen's character sort of embarrasses Catherine Hahn and Zahn because they're like. You got to put these kids in real school, blah, blah, blah. So he brings their children down, asks them what the Bill of Rights is, and they have no idea. Yeah. He brings down his eight-year-old and asks them, and they, the kid recites it and then has thoughts and ideas about it and stuff, which is sort of like a yay moment. But at the sure. same time, it's like he's kind of bullying these other kids hmm. uh, in front of them, which I didn't like. But also, the kids, the, the problem with giving children dialogue that is not something a kid would say and something an adult would say yeah is that they sound like little robots it sounds like they're reciting it even if you tell you say no no don't don't recite it give me your opinion they still sound like little robots and very very uh, good point and again it's like it's a it's a cool idea but the execution is really really hard to do and i'm not sure it always worked in this film Hmm. um and you know he was not really someone to challenge in the film. Like they sort of beat that over your head. That yeah. Like, he's always right. He's always, right. even with his kids, even when he says you're allowed to have your own thoughts, go ahead and persuade us. He does it sort of in a way that pits everybody against one child. Yeah. And so of course that child doesn't go into it. So, um, he sort of, you know, teaches these kids to be free thinkers but doesn't allow them to think freely. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I I really enjoyed watching it. So I'm not going to say I wouldn't recommend it to people, but I definitely feel very conflicted. I don't think Frank Langella is the villain of the film, but they make him the villain of the film. Um, yeah. I think he does some things that are wrong, like trying to bury the the, the daughter instead of, instead of cremating her like yeah. she wanted. That was what she wanted. But I think he absolutely has the best interest in mind for those kids. Right. And I don't think those kids necessarily need to belong in the wilderness for, you know, until it's time for them to go to college or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and if, if any of us were in that situation where we had money and a good life and we could take care of these kids and we saw that they were hurt yeah. and – damaged and upset and some of them were angry right you you wouldn't want them to go back you would want to try and do something to help them so right like, like let them have a bedroom frank langella is essentially in all of our shoes yeah and they made him the villain and that makes it a, sort of a weird conflict for for what for how you feel after this film i think yeah you know what else just irked me yeah it just occurred to me, me no, and irked me N- namibia namibia that was a weird choice. like the kid the oldest brother, there's a thing about how he gets pretty much accepted to every Ivy League school. So here's a little bit of a spoiler for the end of the film. Guys. Yeah, because so it's like he's... Up. All right, heads up. Here comes a spoiler. 
So the brother, very early in the movie, gets acceptance letters, and we see that he's got a whole stack of them accepted to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, probably Stanford, MIT, accepted to all these colleges. And then, um, you know, there's some argument later on in the film about whether or not his dad his dad accuses him of sneaking around behind his back with these applications and stuff and then at the end of the movie they all go walking into an airport and uh one of the sisters or something is like hugging him and she's like why are you going to namibia and he goes i just pointed at a place on the map and it's like why isn't he going to one of these many colleges he was accepted yeah. to for crying out loud? Yeah, because they, they sort of made a point of saying that like he needed real world experience. He said, "If I don't know anything, if it wasn't didn't come out of a book." Yeah, it's like, well, you could still go to college, yeah, and get that experience for like, sure. Um, you could still better yourself and not become a part of the system. Um, but, yeah, so that was just that yeah. was a strange choice, and yeah, and that felt like one of those things like they did it. Oh, it's a good idea because it seemed cool. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Captain Fantastic. Like I enjoyed watching it. Yep. But now, boy, oh boy, I've got a lot to complain about. Yeah. That's, see, that's what I was saying. So mm. it, was, it was fun to watch while watching. So, so give it a shot. Watch it. Make your own opinions. Be a free thinker. Let Very us know. True. Let us know what you thought. Um, you know, you know, people really like it. The performances are great in the movie. Um, Viggo Mortensen is fantastic. Um, George McKay is great. What you pointing at me, Captain Fantastic? Captain Fantastic. You said Viggo Mortensen is fantastic. Oh, okay, yeah, he's Captain Fantastic. Quite literally, yeah. Uh, so and yeah, why wasn't the mom song Captain Fantastic? Was is that's that an Elton John song, isn't it? I don't know. I'll have to double check. All right, while you check, I'm going to move us into our next movie, our final film that we're going to talk about. Oh yeah, and that is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. We'll be real quick on this one. Just give general thoughts. How many times have you seen it, Steve? Twice. I have only seen it once. Oh, that's all right. Um, did you did you hear that uh, episode eight has a title? Episode eight. Yeah, that just got announced today. The Last Jedi. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you don't like it? It just feels like. I don't know, it's just kind of like, uh, okay. Think about it this way. The plural of Jedi is... Jedi. Jedi. Very true. So how many of them are there? So, like, that's what I'm, like, excited about. Is like, what if this is, like, a bunch of Jedi? Like, all they're all finally meeting together. That would be pretty, pretty cool. Um, if that happens, I'll be very, very surprised. And I don't, I don't think it's, like, terrible. The Last Jedi. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Because, you know, after uh, November 8th, I'm just like, what if this is it? What if, uh, what if this movie ends with the bad guys winning, and that's that, pu- and that that's puts it. the lid on the Skywalker family saga? No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, well, Captain America just said Hail Hydra, so I don't know what to believe no, anymore, bro. He didn't just say Hail Hydra, but you get it. The 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 like overarching. I'll, I'll, just, ex- I'll, ex- I'll explain Captain America to you after off off mic. Everything's okay. Everything will be all right. Um. So Rogue One, Star Wars story. I liked the movie. I thought it was pretty good. Two thirds of the way through. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is a pretty good movie. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with this. Last act made the movie for me. Love word it. made me love the film. I think the last act is, um, maybe the best last act of any Star Wars film. Whoa, it's it's really good. It's up there with Empire. 
Definitely better than Jedi. I think better than New Hope. Mm. I think Empire is, is generally the, the the best last act. I thought the last act of this was fantastic. I thought yeah. it was just so well executed, well written. I thought the ideas, like putting digitally putting in the old people, not, that was the, awesome. not CGI, but right? Digitally putting in the women fi- fighter pilots that were left on the cutting room floor. Very cool. Yeah, so, dude, that space battle was outstanding. Yeah. Um, uh, abs- the second time I saw it, I was like, uh, maybe I was sitting too close the first time or something, but I was seeing so much more than I had seen the first time around. It does make you wonder. There was a there was a shot in the trailer that they didn't do where she's on that platform at the end of the film. On the platform. And uh, she has to go to the end and then yeah. come back. And a uh, TIE fighter pops up. Oh, in the trailer, but they, that didn't happen in the movie, so I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happened in the trailer that did not happen in the movie. So here's how, how I understand it, and if I'm wrong, viewsters, you can tweet at us and let me know I'm wrong and I'm stupid. Tweet at VTRT Movies. Um, so as I understand it, they went to Lucasfilm to look in the archives, and there was like a canister, and they were like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Oh, it's deleted footage from from A New Hope." Cool. And they were like, "Oh, cool!" So they like looked at it, and it was all unused and had like had never been touched wow. in all this time. And um, among the stuff that was in there was um, uh, fighter pilot colors. That, oh yeah, that they couldn't use. Wow. Um, prior because it it interfered with the blue screen. Oh, good thinking. And um, a bunch of women X wing fighters. Nice. And. Uh, it's crazy to me that all the women got cut. Uh, it seems weird to me, but apparently all the women got cut from a new hope. And so mm. they digitally inserted them into this film, into the space battle. Cool. And I thought that was really cool. Very cool. And I thought one of them was Helen Mirren. No, I'll have to check it out a third time. My roommate just went and saw it again this morning for his first time. Yeah. I couldn't believe he waited a month to see a star Wars movie. He wasn't thrilled. Yeah. But, uh, he, the roommate that doesn't like anything. He likes stuff. Not much. But uh, he wasn't thrilled with this. He's, and he's cranky about a lot of stuff. Like, he, he thinks a lot of things aren't very good that people like. But he lo- also likes he's most of, a, of the stuff that everybody loves. He's a bit of a contrarian. If we're talking a little about bit. Guy. But he's, he loves Star Wars. He loves Harry Potter. He loves Lord of the Rings. He loves him some uh, Marvel stuff. But so, yeah, he was but, saying. But going out of franchises. <laughs> yeah, like, true. He, he um, seems to dislike a lot of things. He does not like our podcast. He hates the clan, which I agree with. Um, anyway, though. But, yeah. But, well, the thing is, I mean, he brought up, like, I didn't like this thing and I didn't like that thing. And, and his reasons were perfectly valid. But my attitude is just kind of like, it's a Star Wars movie. I'm going to strap in. And as long as I'm enjoying the ride, I'm probably going to wind up liking it when it's all said and it's, done. It's interesting because my roommate um, went and saw it. So, beforehand... I was talking about how I was really excited for it, where I was seeing it, yeah. when I was seeing it, who I was seeing it with, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and he was, and I was like, you're going to see it, right? And he's like, eh, eventually. He's like, I'm, and he said this to me, he said, I'm not really into Star Wars the way, you know, you and Desi are. Huh. And I said, oh, you know, that's fair. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. So um, I went and saw it while I was in New York with my brother, sister-in-law, Desi, and uh, my brother does the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Cool. So we saw it with his little brother as well. Oh, other little brother. That's nice. Um, and we went to like the fancy prime AMC Prime Dolby Whoa. Prime theater with the recliners and the, the not the I don't like the Dolby 3D but um, big screen and the seats rumble. Oh, yeah. So, so 
Is that still called D box or is that a no, whole no, no, different thing? No, they don't thing? move. No. They, don't, oh. they don't move like a car. They like they it's like they have subwoofers underneath them or something. Wow. Um, cool. So again, and I don't want to. No, I don't sneeze. So, um, and it's a really old historic theater which I love. Yeah, AMC Empire Twenty Five. If you're in New York, cool. Um, go learn about that theater. It's really cool. AMC um, Empire Twenty Five. The history is neat. So, anyways, uh, a day or two later, I was texting with Chris, and I was like. I was like, hey, what do you got going on? Because I'm in New York and he's here. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go see Star Wars on Monday. And I was like, sweet, have fun. And so he saw it. And when I came home, I was like, hey, what would you think of Star Wars? And he's like, I absolutely loved it. Wow. He's like, All I, right. thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. All right. So um, All right. So in contrary to, to your roommate, yeah. um, I, I have – a roommate who's really not that into the Star Wars stuff and ended up loving that film. Yeah. So, um, well, okay. Way yeah. to go, Rogue One. Go, Rogue One. And it had Donnie Yen in it. Yeah. Eat Man himself. Sure. You well, not himself. I mean... You it, haven't seen Eat Man. I have now. Oh, you did see it. That was in our bucket, Steve. Well... Steve, always I got movies bad news for you about It Follows. Because <laughs> I accidentally watched that, oh, too. Steve, you're Look, murdering my soul. I was flipping around on a cold day. I saw that It Follows was on. And I just pushed play, and now I'm scared of people walking toward me. Well, dang it. I was going to watch that with you. Well, we can still watch it. No. But I forgot that it was in the bucket. I accidentally watched it. it. So, Viewsters, It Follows is one of the few movies that neither of us have seen. Oh, you haven't seen it either? No. Then we still got to watch it. See, I thought you had seen it. No. That's why I wanted to watch it. Well, then we still got to watch it. I'll watch it again. It's It's just scary. I was just excited because it was one of the few that we both hadn't seen. Uh, and now we both have seen Eat Man, so... Yeah. And I really wanted to cover that on here because I thought that was a fantastic film. We hadn't both seen Shakes the Clown. You had seen Shakes the Clown a million times. We both hadn't seen... We ha- both hadn't seen Dr. Zhivago. Dr. Zhivago. We both hadn't <laughs> what seen... What a day that was. Sophie's Choice. Right. No, um, yeah, there's plenty that we've watched that we ha- uh, we both had not seen. Mm. But It Follows is good, and I'll totally watch it with you. Mm. Let's... Pick a movie from the bucket. All right. Here, hold my mic. And, uh, and, uh, what happens if I talk into two microphones at the same time, but I move one toward me while I move the other one away from me? What's gonna, what's that gonna sound like? Dwayne, let us know what it sounds like. I think they're, I think they're both panned to the middle, so I don't think it's like anything special. All right. Here you go. Bucket. I'm getting ready. I'll tap the mic on the bucket. To reach. Into the bucket. He's gonna... Put the mic by the bucket. You read it. Oh. Anytime you're ready. Well, we haven't drawn from the bucket since like I know, but before Christmas, I think. Yeah, you know how mixed up this bucket is now. All right, what you got here? Let me see. You, you need. Yeah, to give it, it to me. You need to read it. It follows. Dang it, Steve! I'm what? just joking. It's not. It follows. Oh, what that is been it? Funny. That would've been funny. Uh, it's Diner. Oh, which I love. It's a film. I I one of my favorite films. Diner with uh, Kevin Bacon, yeah. Tim Daly, Daniel mm-hmm. Stern. Mm-hmm. Who am I forgetting? Paul Reiser. Mm-hmm. And Helen Hunt or mm-hmm. Ellen Barkin. Mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke. Oh yeah, Mickey Rourke. Remember that guy? Whiplash himself. He used to have a promising career before. He's fine. Yeah. He's doing fine. He was in Iron Man 2. He went crazy. He did he the crazy. wrestler. 
after that, he went crazy. I'm not here to judge Mickey Rourke. That's a man who has put himself through some pretty tough things. Yep, that's true. All right, so that's it, I guess. We're um, going to watch Diner. Should we watch it right now? Sure, why not? All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to View the Right Thing. Follow nice. me at Stephen Nohowood. Follow us both at VTRT Movies. Wes with more. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna just reiterate. Go watch Diner. Fantastic film. It's one of the I think best films of all time. All right. Um, you are doing yourself a disservice if you have not seen this film. I haven't seen it since I was a child, so I need to rewatch. So you have it. seen it. Like I've seen it, but I mean, I was a kid. I didn't know what was really going on. The only scene I can ever remember from Diner is something about records. So, like, I need to see Diner, is what I'm saying. I watched it when I was a wee lad. All right. All right, we're going to go watch Diner. We will talk to you guys later. Have a good night. Day. What? Where did I say that? Whatever you're listening to this, have a good the rest of whatever's left. Bon Cinema.